Hey, gold friends, it's me, Adrian, or Aiden. Either way, I am still your host, and you are still listening to Suso, the podcast of ooky, spooky, scary stories. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me once again, and if this is your first time, welcome. Thank you for being here. You know, surprisingly, I don't have updates for you all. I know I always have something going on, but it's been a relatively quiet two weeks since the last episode, which, hey, I'm a fan of in regards to the show. So so yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> of course, I'm always thinking and dreaming stuff up. But as far as like things in motion, it's smooth right now. It feels good. I feel like I've been waiting for this feeling for a long time. But if there were any updates on the show, you could catch those on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at Susto Podcast on all of those platforms. And if you have your own scary story, you could DM one to me on there. You could also send it to me in an email to SustoPodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave it in a five-star review and I will share it on the show. Even if you have a picture, recording, video, whatever, please send it in. I love that stuff and I will find a way to share it for you. For for today's episode, I am really freaked out about this one. I've heard this story so many different times and it was kind of one that I was just like waiting to take on because honestly it freaks me out. I was watching a video about it with one of my friends and one of my best school friends on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash podcast. They came over and we were watching a video about this story and then they messaged me a couple days after and they were checking in on me because they had been experiencing some strange feelings and happenings and they sent me a picture of a a a candle of St. Michael that they burned. And uh, for anybody who works with candles, you'll know what this means, but all of the glass was pitch black. And typically what that means is that there is some sort of negative energy, whether it be from an entity, a spirit, or sent from another person that is like working against you or that is surrounding you and when you burn a a candle of saint michael for protection it you know it protects you from these things so um i I need to get mine on (laughs) i thankfully honestly you know what okay here's one thing so they sent me that and i was trying to think i was like you know what nothing really weird has happened to me but i feel like whenever i do this show and whenever i'm consuming this kind of media and especially whenever i'm making the show i always have this kind of mental block of none of this is an invitation i'm interested in it i love consuming it i love making it but none of this is an invitation in case there's anything out there that hears me it's not an invitation and so i feel like that's a base kind of layer of protection that i have for myself and i feel like it works because thankfully i've since doing the show i've never really experienced anything directly related to it but when i was thinking about what they said and the picture they sent me of that candle i remembered you know what the other day i was upstairs and my boyfriend was sitting at our dining room table and i was standing next to one of our couches and we have a little like side table behind our couch and then we have some stuff on there and there's these two candles and they're like tall pillar candles they're always there they never move we don't even burn them they're they're just for decoration and i was on the phone texting and then i just heard something fall and i looked up and it was the candle and it fell over and it was about to like roll off of the table and i was like oh margaret i thought it was our cat so i like immediately look for her and i look over at the other couch and she's she's snoozing she's taking a nap on the couch minding her business and then she just kind of looks up at me and then she looks at the candle and she looks back at me i was like okay so that wasn't her because she was in prime kitty floof position like I didn't even see her move in my peripheral. That's why I had to look for her. And <laughs> Jeff and I just looked at each other and I was like, did you see that? He saw the candle like that it was tipped over. 
and we heard it. And he was like, did you knock it over? Were you leaning against the couch? I was like, no, I was leaning against this wall. Like I wasn't even touching the couch, wasn't near the table. He was on the other side of the room. So a candle got knocked over. Uh, If that means anything, I don't know. But after watching that video in preparation for this episode. I don't know if it's related, but I will just put that out there. I will also say when I was doing research for this, I saw mention of a demon's name and I've just always heard that you never say their names because you're basically calling to them. So that's like 101. I don't think I will ever include that kind of name in in a show because I I don't want to say it out loud, much less in my own home. And I also don't want you all to hear it and to repeat it like i'm just not going to put that out there so for those of you that have access to the google docs if you do see mention of some sort of like name a demon's name don't say it (laughs) please just word of advice so with that being said (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and get into today's episode which is the story of josue velasquez and la mano peluda For many years, Juan Ramon Science hosted a very popular radio show called La Mano Peluda, which originally aired in 1995 on Radio 1. The show focused mainly on the audience's paranormal experiences and mediums, psychics, and other experts were often invited to help out in people's cases. One particular night in 2002, Science got a call on the show from 20-year-old Josue Velasquez. This would be one of many chilling calls over the course of weeks. According to Josue, his family immigrated to America from Mexico when he was 16 in pursuit of the elusive American dream. Since then, his family had been up to their necks in debt for years. Josue said he'd been looking for ways to make money and get rich quick. He confessed to attempting to summon several demons who could make him wealthy, that he was willing to do almost anything. Sometime later, he found a book on witchcraft and a ritual to summon a powerful demon who could help him in exchange for small sacrifices. After trying for almost a year and a half, desperate, Josue slit his wrists in a ritual in order to summon the devil himself. Josue says that a tall, thin, dark shadow appeared in front of him, almost as tall as the ceiling, and had a deep, guttural voice. Josue stood there in shock, while the entity said, You wanted to see me. Here I am. Josue claims that he learned a lot from this being, that it taught him how to control small animals like rodents and reptiles, among other things. The entity also requested blood sacrifices for each sum of money and continued wealth. The sacrifices were small at the beginning, but increased as he asked the demon for more. Eventually, the entity asked for a human sacrifice, but not just any human. It had to be someone from Josue's family. Josue didn't hesitate and thought he had the perfect victim in mind, his grandmother. In the call, 
Josue tells the audience how he drugged her so she would sleep through her own murder, undressed her and dismembered her, and how any evidence of the crime disappeared shortly after without him having to do anything, insinuating the demon took any evidence of his crime. Josue got everything he wanted and more. Mysteriously, he received a ring that endowed him with some power over the demon. According to Josue, the ring granted him protection from the demon, but only to a certain extent. He could not escape the constant mental torture. Upon reflecting on the horrendous cost of his wealth, he began backing out of his deal. He said that despite receiving great amounts of money easily, he was instructed to spend it the same day he got it, and he could not give it away or donate it. If he didn't spend it all, other entities or demons would come to threaten him at night, never letting him sleep. In one of his phone calls to La Mano Peluda, he shares one instance after going shopping. He had a few bills left and saw a homeless person asking for change. Josue felt the need to give him those leftover bills, but when he got home, he said a woman was waiting for him, demanding an answer as to why he'd given the homeless man money. Josue also noticed a drastic change in his appearance. He claimed his nose was growing, his face was changing, and this scared him. He would take pictures and videos of himself and compare them to old ones before the summoning, claiming he looked like a completely different person. He also mentioned that people on the street couldn't or didn't want to look him in the eye, and that he received disgusting looks from strangers when he tried to talk to them. Juan Ramon Science contacted a Christian pastor named Roberto Guaso and asked him to call Josue and pray for him and free him of these entities in what was essentially a live exorcism on the show. During a follow-up call with both Science and the pastor, Josue mentions that there were now four beings with him that stayed through the attempted exorcism and hadn't left since they had been summoned beings that tortured him both physically and psychologically. As the pastor prayed for Josue, disembodied voices can be heard in the background of the call, mumbling and a sinister laugh along with Josue's scared, trembling voice. No prestes atención a esas voces en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Josué, en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Cristo Jesús es mayor. Cristo Jesús te ama. Cristo Jesús te quiere limpiar y liberar. Cristo Jesús es mayor y quiere hacerlo. En el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. En Cristo Jesús. No pierdes, no prestes atención, no prestes atención, no prestes atención. No, es que Dios mío, no, yo, 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 yo no escucho nada, yo no escucho nada. No escuchas no, nada. No escucho nada. En el nombre del Padre, del Hijo, del Espíritu Santo, en este momento declárate, yo pertenezco a Cristo. Declárate, yo pertenezco a Cristo. ¿Qué me están hablando, güey? Yo pertenezco a Cristo. Yo pertenezco a Cristo. Josué claims that after hanging up with them, the woman mentioned before stabbed his torso with a strange, crucifix-like item and was taken to the hospital where science visited days later. Sometime after that, 
Josue told Science that he was getting help in a monastery in California by the suggestion of Pastor Guasol. That should have been the end of Josue's story. However, it wasn't. Years went by and Josue went on to college to become a bacteriologist. He had allegedly freed himself from his demonic tormentors and everything was normal, or so it seemed. In 2011, Science got a call from Josue explaining he still needed to take the ring off to be completely free. By that time, Science had already left La Mano Peluda and was hosting a segment on a TV show called Extra Normal. Science immediately got in touch with his producers and asked them to set up an interview with Josue. On the day of the interview, Science and the Extra Normal crew were still in the dark about the interview's specific location. It wasn't until they got in a van that Josue told them it would have to be done on a body of water for everyone's protection. He claimed the safest place from a demonic entity was in the middle of a body of water. The closest one was Lake Texcoco. Once there, they got on a boat. Everyone in the crew, including Science and another reporter, noticed Josue's odd attire and behavior. Josue was wearing a black suit, some kind of animal skin wrapped around his shoulders, a black leather glove on his right hand only, and was carrying around a bone as a small staff. Mario Estrada, who mediated the interview, mentioned that Josue gave him and the cameraman the left hand when saying hello, while the right one to Science. When asked about his attire, Josue simply answered that it was for his and their protection, and that the bone was a human femur that had a spell on it for protection. The interview began, and as Josue talked, he suddenly and violently convulsed as if something were trying to take over his body. Science referred to these as attacks from the evil beings that didn't want to let go of Josue. The interview ended with Josue promising he would never use dark magic again, and that he would visit a Yoruba priest who would help him take the ring off once and for all. A few days after the last interview with Josue, Science was admitted to the hospital due to complications with gastrointestinal issues. Juan Ramon Science was diagnosed with peritonosis, a bacterial infection, and passed away only a week after filming the interview. Mario Estrada, the interview mediator, was involved in a terrible accident on his way home after the interview that put him in the hospital for more than a week. And if this weren't enough, Pastor Roberto Guaso, who prayed for Josue and tried to rid him of his demons, passed away one week after Juan Ramon Science. Okay, so, <laughs> from what I know, this story is based off of true events. I would love to find if there's some sort of, like, death certificate for Josue's grandmother. Like, does that exist? And also, 
I had seen something about Wadamon science actually passing away from a heart attack and not from this bacterial infection. But I thought that was a really interesting touch from the story. The story that I used and that I, I edited uh, was from this website, aminoapps.com. It looks like a forum-based website, but the username is Cherry, and they posted this actually in 2021. And as you heard in the story, this is all pretty recent. You know what? I'm aging myself. I say recent because I remember 2011 or 2002, which I think was what the first time that Josue called into the show. That was, yeah, that was 20 years ago. And I remember it. So (laughs) aging myself. But even then, 2011 is when they did that interview. And that was 11 years ago, which I mean, it, time is relative. It's not really real. It just depends on who you ask whether or not that's a long time. I don't think that's a long time. I think that's very recent for something like this to happen. It's very strange. Of course, there's links to to all of the sources that I have in the Susto Google Docs. After it, in the comment section, they're talking about what happened after this person in a comment section was saying they were really disappointed because they were following the story as it was happening like they saw the interview when it came out and it's also on youtube if you want to look for it it's really easy to find but i've also put a link in google docs but this person was saying they're really disappointed because you know at the end of the story josue velasquez says that he's going to stop fucking with that stuff basically which from my understanding it's like a it's really hard to disengage with an entity like that. Um, And so, of course, it had to have been hard for him, but this person was like, did he really try? Did he not? Because apparently, this person in the comment section claims that they saw or heard of him doing sacrifices on like other tv shows like he was capitalizing off of this like oh i'm a scary satanist kind of deal yeah so they're like is it real and he went back to his old ways that got him in all this trouble or is he taking advantage of it or he was just like "Ah, i don't care i'm just gonna go back to practicing evil dark magic another thing that i saw yeah this cherry person they were responding to comments on their post they said that the person that he went to it was some sort of like i guess high-ranking practitioner of Palo Mayombe, they said that the ring was cut off of his finger and sealed in a box with ashes, and that apparently there's a video somewhere on the internet about the whole ritual, but they just lost it and couldn't find the link. So, and also I'm not sure what this means. If this means that the ring was cut off of his finger, so he technically did not like remove it, or if his finger was cut off. (laughs) But either way, there was a ritual that was done, and then again, I saw that other comment where people were like, you know, really sad because apparently he, so it's, I'm unsure of this time And it would be cool to see where he's at now, you know, what he's up to now. I would never want to engage with him. (laughs) But... But again, I think it'd be really interesting to see what he's up to now. It's just, it's wild because this is one of those things where I, you know, you all know I'm always saying I am more scared of the living. I'm more scared of things that are based on true events. And this is one of those things where they completely bleed into each other, the paranormal and true documented events. We know that these people died. Rest in peace, Juan Ramon Science. He was a legend. That show is trailblazing and it's amazing. And I know that there's a bunch of recordings of it online if you've never heard of it, please check it out. It's La Mano Peluda, which La Mano Peluda is its own story that I've wanted to do before, but it's hard to find a long enough story to make an episode out of it. There's this dismembered hairy hand that harasses people, basically. (laughs) But it's still 
you know, one of the classics that I heard growing up. That, that show is also really cool. And I recommend if you all can find recordings of it online, which again, they're widely available, please listen to it. And it's in Spanish. So you would have to be Spanish speaking. Uh, I'm sure someone has translated them and put them on like YouTube or something, but feel free to check them out. Sorry that I surprised you all with the recording from that in the episode in the story. But those videos and those recordings are so scary. That's what that's what I listened to when we were watching this video. They had clips of the video interview and of the the audio recording. So I'm gonna also include a clip of the interview on the social post so that you all can see it because it's wild. And again, it's like, do we believe that he really did have this relationship and this deal with these evil entities, or was it all made up? It's just so str- I'm getting chills. It's so strange that after that final meeting and the f- first time mind you that they've actually met in person that Juan Ramon Science passed away after that and then the mediator was in a terrible accident and then the pastor that tried to help him also passed away like so soon after meeting so it's like I don't know 10 out of 10 one of my favorite stories <laughs> scared the shit out of me and uh yeah I'm gonna have to edit this another day because I do not want to be editing this at night so <laughs> Ah, thank you so much for listening. I I know I'm always saying it that I'm like this is I love the story. I love the story. This one though is a very clear like top three, top five for sure. One of my favorite stories, one of my favorite episodes that I've done so far, and I hope that you also enjoyed it. If you did, please consider leaving a rating or a review wherever you listen to the show. And if you have your own scary story, again, you can send that to me to sustopodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave it in your review if you have the option, or you can DM it on social media. That's at sustopodcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And again, if you have not only stories, but video auto recording, you can send that to me. And until next time, don't make a deal with the devil. Bye.